The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in the great city of Chicago, Illinois. The Reverend Derek B. Wells is our Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is our founder. We're in the midst of a series titled The Eye of the Storm, and it is based upon the book of the same name, The Eye of the Storm, uh, by Gary Simmons, the Reverend Gary Simmons, who, by the way, will be a guest on the show on November 18th. He's coming on the show to answer your questions. I'm sure as you work through this book and work with the challenges of what it means to work with a book that really gets into the nitty gritty of your soul, you now have the opportunity to ask some of the questions you want to know. So we're going to get right to it. We're on chapter nine, which is non-resistance is fertile. And most people, you know, say resistance is futile. I just like this is a play on words. Non-resistance is fertile so anyway it goes starts by saying got the god energy of presence he says the fourth attribute of wholeness is non-resistance you are the avenue through which the presence of god lives in this world now one of the things about non-resistance is many times people feel as though that they have to clash with everything and you know as soon as something comes up it's time to buck bump heads, butt heads, you know, do the thing that the Rams do where they run into each other with their horns, etc. You know, it takes a lot of energy to do that. And 
we need to be mindful of how we use our energy and focus. Now, I'm not telling you there's never a time where you won't have to take a stand, be firm, and like a mountain, you won't be moved. But I am saying that you need to know what those things are. And even in that sense, knowing that know that it's God standing up in and through you, because what ends up happening is many times uh, when we're resistant to a thing, we created, uh, we actually are creating the the obstacle and the issue at hand. We make something more than what it is. We at times spark or instigate something to be more than it originally was. Because of our energy. So part of being non-resistant is being calm enough in mind, calm enough in thinking and feeling, calm enough with the energy of your body to that that those who engage you don't disturb your peace. You can deal with them. You can have the conversations, whatever. And when you need to disengage, when you need to release, when you need to let go, when you need to let God, when you need to uh, say what needs to be said with integrity, with tact, with peace, with love, wisdom, and understanding, you then move on. You know, also part of non-resistance is just understanding that, that you know, the choices that you make. Okay, I, I'm about to make a choice that's going to, create unnecessary clashes again there are going to be times when you make decisions when you make choices where everyone won't be happy you know that's the nature of making choices and decisions if anybody's out there listening that's a parent you know what it means to make a hard call and you know for a day or two or longer your child might not like you but you have to make decisions that are for the child's best interest and I would say your own, because if the child wants something that currently it would not be in the, uh, the best use of wisdom to purchase or they want to do something that um, possibly disrupts something that upsets or disrupts the household, you need to be mindful of that. So or if you're a supervisor or any engagement where you're dealing with more than just you the possibility of making some choices that people won't necessarily like. Now, here's the key. When you understand that you are the avenue through which the presence of God lives in this world, when you're non-resistant, you allow the presence of God as love, peace, joy, harmony, etc., to express in and through your space. But when you're resistant to it, now it's ego versus anything that you're dealing with. Ego versus uh, ego fighting the world. You know, this is what happens many times when, you know, uh, in in politics when, you know, older men and women create rules and instigate wars that young people have to fight and many times um, die fighting or get, you know, crippled and maimed. You know, because normally the people that are creating these policies are not going to fight and their children and their grandchildren aren't going to fight either because they can afford to send them to the places or pull them out of whatever they need to be pulled out of to make sure that they're not on the front line or they're in the military at all sidebar completely. But the point that I'm making is many times people 
create situations and circumstances. If you're not careful, you can get sucked up into other people's energy because you don't know how to be non-resistant to it. I'm just using that as a far-off analogy. Now, the book goes on to say that you are the avenue through which the presence of God lives in this world. For this to occur, you must be present to life. So that's the first key. You must be present. Am I present to actually what's going on? Am I present to what's going on in my soul right now? Am I present to the energy that's around me? Am I present to the facts that are going on? Am I present to the nowness? Or am I being driven by my past? Am I being driven by my subconscious behaviors? Am I being driven by my disposition? Because many times we're just driven and our actions are on automatic. We don't even think about what we're saying. We don't even think about what we're doing. We're just doing it. And we need to be mindful of that if we want to transform the space because God is in the present. Your access to the power. Now, I understand God is the Alpha and the Omega, the past, the present, the future, all of that. But the access to the power is now. So, the first thing we need to do is be present to life. What's showing up? Be present to it. What's showing up? Then it says, you must show up. You must be present to win. Mm. You must be present to win. Am I present at my job or I'm, I'm just kind of going through the motions? I'm physically there, but I'm not present mentally. Am I present to my marriage or relationship or am I just going through the motions? Am I present to parenthood or am I just going through the motions? Am I present to what it means to be a member of organizations, churches, not-for-profits or anything that I care about? Am I present to that? Am I present as a friend or I'm just want to call and talk about my issues and my problems and do what I want to do and, and, and not be there for others, etc. In other words, a one-sided friendship. Am I present? Am I present? So it goes on to say, non-resistance is the eye of the storm of defensiveness. It is the seat of wholeness and the contact between heaven and earth, between the fields of infinite possibility and the needs of a particular situation. So he goes on to tell a wonderful story about you know, being in uh, a situation where he actually was about to get caught in a real hurricane. And I thought it was a really nice story. The The point of it was that when he, once he got centered if, in the story, it, he, he was caught in, in an area that was about to have a hurricane. He was trying to fly out, and uh, he was at the airport, and an announcement was made that they had grounded all the flights and while people were panicking and trying to get cars to drive out of the area, I think it was Savannah, and he, and he, he was wondering, should he do the same? But then he had to remind himself, he's the eye of the storm guy. I'm going to be non-resistant. I'm going to be present to experiencing the eye of the hurricane or whatever. If that's what it's going to be, I'll stay at this airport, and whatever it's going to be, is going to be. And once he got centered, moments later, he was called to the gate, and he got the last seat on a plane that was actually allowed to take off and go to Atlanta. Now, why is this important? If he had if he had panicked, tried to rent a car, jump in a cab, 
find, uh, you know, an, an alternative means of driving through crazy traffic while people on the highway trying to get out of an area that has a hurricane coming to it, he would have missed the opportunity of being the last person on a plane, the only plane that was flying out. Now, many times we miss opportunities because we don't get present enough to allow the blessing in the moment to present itself. We're quick. Sometimes we're so quick to act that we don't know why we're acting the way we act. So we have to be really clear that once we start talking about what does it mean to be non-resistant to the space means that situations are going to happen. Again, as the book said earlier in the earlier chapter, you have experiences you don't, you're not your experiences. You're going to have a situation. You're going to continually have situations where the world will present facts and you have to be the space of non-resistance in the midst of those facts. I'm not fighting these facts. I'm, I'm knowing the truth. I'm not fighting facts. I'm knowing the truth. I'm not fighting facts. I'm knowing the truth. You know, as an old saying they used to say around Christ Universal Temple, there's nothing to be healed, only God to be revealed. That's saying, I'm not fighting facts. I'm knowing the truth. And in the situation and circumstance when we're dealing with different um, particular growth opportunities that some people call problems, we have to know that. You're going to have facts that you have to deal with. Because you be non-resistant to something that's going on in your body. Or, I mean, I really want you to get this. I'm, I'm not fighting the illness. I'm knowing the truth. Because we get defensive when the body doesn't react the way we want it to react. Uh, when we, we get defensive when the test results come back a certain kind of way. We get defensive when the doctor gives us a prognosis or a diagnosis we don't desire. So what ends up happening is because of that, we're many times not even open to even what the doctor wants us to do. If I'm sure if doctors were polled, and I'm sure they're polled a lot, of, I just don't have, haven't done the research, but just from dealing with people in ministry for years. One of the things that I've discovered is people don't do what the doctor says consistently. Okay, so doctor says, okay, cut down on your diet of da-da-da-da-da. Stop eating so much salt. Eat smaller portions. You're 30, 40 pounds overweight. You need to do some of these different things. You need to, you know, take this, 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 whatever. And a person just won't do it. We need you to stop smoking. We need you to stop drinking. And people just won't do it. But they expect to be healthy by violating all the laws of health that a person has been. Again, I'm not making the doctor God. I want you to really get the concept of what I'm saying. That's resistance to that which could help you. Now, that doesn't mean you have to accept the prognosis, diagnosis, etc. as a, as the truth of who you are. But again, I'm not fighting facts. I'm knowing the truth. 
what I am saying is it is an act of resistance for a doctor to say, you know, your lungs are, uh, have been damaged through years of smoking, but if you stop now, we can we can rectify this. And then you keep smoking. We say, well, it's a habit, and you don't know the body cravings, and et cetera, et cetera. And you know what? I don't know that. What I do know is this. If you want to live and be healthy, you have choices to make. And I also know this. There's only one presence and one power. And anytime we say something else is a power in our lives that's making us do something, we're saying that there's more than one power. And you can't have it both ways. Am I saying that's easy? I'm not saying it's easy or hard. I'm just saying it is. Take it or leave it. Because what ends up happening is we try to justify. Well, you know, uh, you know, if walking around with weight on your body that's causing other dynamics to happen in your body, it's just not healthy. Not exercising is just not healthy. Sitting on the couch all day is just not healthy. Basically, not evolving your mind, not engaging in spirituality, not engaging in critical thinking, not taking productive action towards the goals and desires of your soul is not mentally and emotionally healthy. A person says, when you do these things in... In the in the in the uh, context of our relationship, it hurts me. I don't like it. And you keep doing it, and then they leave. Then you want to be mad. See, because if a person says this doesn't work for me, in the midst of the context of the relationship, and you say, "Well, I'm just going to do it anyway because that's who I am," that's resistance. That's not being present to the moment. Now you can say this is who I am, and I'm not going to change it. But no, we don't say that. We just keep doing what we're going to do. And then when it blows up in our face, then we want sad, then we want to pray, then we want people to be sympathetic or we blame the other person, we attack the other person, and we make the other person wrong. All of that is defensiveness. And I feel like, what does this have to do with the outer storm? It's not in the book. Again, you read the book. My job is to bring insight to the principles that are being utilized. How resistance shows up in everyday life. We need to be very mindful of that. Now, we're not far from our first break, so I do want to remind you that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give, go to unity.fm, click on the donate button. It helps support this online ministry. I also want to remind you that you can call into the show and ask me questions at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. I know you're out there. I always have a decent amount of people that are listening live, so I know that you're out there, uh, and I love to hear from you. It lets me know that you're getting it. I also want to remind you that this show has a Facebook page, True Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Go on the page, like it, etc. It's also the quickest way to get in contact with me. So, because it has a, a, a message, uh, inbox message thing. But anyway, so I want to make sure that you have access. Again, if you want to give me a call, you can call 888-558-6489. 888-558-6489. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. 
Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Rev. Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. On page 131, uh, last full paragraph, it, it, it reads, Non-resistance and communion are overlapping attributes in that, in that being present to life without conditions means being connected to our experience to whatever is happening in the moment without pushing it away, without any ifs, ands, and buts. Now, non-resistance and communion are overlapping attributes. In other words, you know, the overlapping means, you know, they're kind of in the same space because you have to be present without conditions, present to life without conditions. In other words, I can be present and peaceful without the world having to be a certain way for me to be at peace. Now, that does not mean that you shouldn't have preferences. That does not mean that you don't have intentions. That does not mean you don't have goals. That does not mean you don't have desires. What it does mean is your peace, you being the eye of the storm, uh, has nothing to do with what's happening or not happening. Because in life, stuff is always happening, and stuff is always not happening. Bottom line, in life, people are always doing some things you agree with, and they're always doing some things you disagree with. That's just the nature of life. Now, if we are reacting and basing our attitudes, basing our perceptions, basing our interactions with ourselves and others, or with ourselves and others, excuse me, based upon uh, what other people are doing is sort of similar to those movies they used to have the um, the the little chicken on the farm, little, little um, pole, where if the wind would blow, the chicken would let you know which way the wind is blowing. 
So what that looks like is I'm going in this direction and I'm doing these things based upon what other people are doing. Just going with the winds of life, the winds, and that could be happy winds, that could be angry winds, it could be winds of discord, it could be winds of chaos, it could be winds of peace, it could be winds of love, it could be winds of joy, it could be winds of nonsense, it could be winds of drama and trauma. We can't allow ourselves to get caught up in everybody else's conflict, conflicting energies. Conflicting energy doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing, it just means that you don't have a center. You have to be your own peace. You have to be your own peace. One of the things that we're doing at Christ Universal Temple is uh, this past Sunday, Reverend Wells just started a series called The Power of Gratitude, and it's based upon uh, the unity minister, uh, the Reverend Will Bowen, his book, A Complaint-Free World. And because we're working, you know, Reverend Wells wants to work with the community on what does it mean to live a complaint-free world and know the difference between taking authentic action and complaining and you know all that goes along with that you know i'm actually i'm enjoying the read because i bought the book years ago but actually coming back to it and realizing that even though i'm one of the most positive people i know in my opinion haha i didn't realize how much i complained but when i actually start reading the material and i listened to the sermon and then i wouldn't pull up some of the material that reverend will bowen actually taught on a complaint-free world, one of the things I realized was that my conversation was demonstrating complaint even when I didn't realize I was doing it. You know, that was amazing to me because I didn't see it coming. I was like, wow, I complain a lot. And if I'm complaining, I'm being resistant because a complaint by nature normally is not to the person or people or things that can do anything about it. So a person coming home and complaining and complaining about their boss to their spouse is creating negative energy at home, but it's not changing the job. Or complaining about a coworker, or complaining about the workload or a person complaining to their friend about the problem in their marriage or the problems in their marriage is not transforming the marriage. You know, <laughs> so if it's a situation, a circumstance that's happening where there are breakdowns in life and we're not authentically addressing the breakdowns, then we're just complaining. We're not doing anything about it. We're not trying to transform it. We're not trying to fix it. We're not trying to improve it. We're not trying to uh, make it better. We're just in the energy of perception and emotion that's defensive, and we are seeking justification. We're seeking the ability to be right. We're, you know, having an, an eruption of 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 energy that we don't know how to deal with because we 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 are not. Addressing it authentically. That's defensiveness. That's not being non-resistant. Because a non-resistant person can be present to what's actually happening and then 
say whatever authentically is being said from the eye of the storm. Make You can make choices from the eye of the storm. In other words, what is, how am I being guided to handle this spiritually? What's the truth about this? Remember, we talked about that last week. Okay, these are the facts. What's the truth about this? Now, that doesn't mean that you don't address facts or they're not breakdowns and facts and things of that nature. I'm not saying that, especially when you have responsibilities. But who you are in the midst of dealing with that matters. Are you dealing with it as a person that's present to life, present to the truth of who you are, present to the truth about who and what God is and who, God, who and what God is in you, and not just in you but in the other people as well? Am I making anybody my own personal villain? That's resistance. Some people are so can be so resistant that they don't realize that they're uh, being defensive. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody and it seems as though they're on edge? Instead of complaining about it, have a conversation about it. I recently said something to someone and said, hey, you, you, you kind of seem kind of aggravated right now. What's going on? Because I was present to the conversation didn't 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 um, had no reason to ignite what I was saying and the way I was saying it, the emotional response, the energy that was being put into the responses. Like, hold up, something going on? Oh no 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 no! What did it? Okay, I was like, yeah, because it's, you know it's. Seems as though you're kind of aggravated. Seems as though some things are kind of there, you know. So without me having to say, who are you talking to? You don't do the, oh, no, wait a minute, because this is somebody I care about. Let me be, maybe they're not present to how they're giving off energy right now. So by me being non-resistant, I was able to heal that situation and continue having a uh, the conversation I desired instead of, uh, pulling the alpha male role and determining that, you know, this is how I'm handling this and this is how you're going to come to me and this is who I am and how dare you, whatever, which, of course, can blow it up. I'm not saying that there's never a situation or circumstance where that might, may or may not be needed. I don't know. What I can say is this. If I'm present and I'm good in who I am, I don't have to step out of who I am to address whatever issues I need to address. You know, it's sort of like the dog whisperer. Uh, you know, it was, you know, a Caesar Milan. And if you don't know who that is, you can look him up on YouTube and some his shows come on all everywhere. But as he's dealing with the dogs, he often says that the dog picks up on the energy of the people. So he says, he rehabilitates people. People call him to deal with the dog. The dog is out of control. The dog is this, the dog is that. No, it's the people. It's the owner. He gets the owner in the right mind state. He gets the owner doing practicing the proper habits. He gets the owners in the right energy. Then the dog responds. And when we're dealing with situations and circumstances, I'm not calling people dogs, but energy is energy. Many times, 
our agitated energy, sometimes it's even unconscious, is drawing uh, to us experiences and situations to mirror that agitation because we're defensive. Just something to think about. So the book goes on to say on page 131, last line, being present to life also means being connected to your feelings and intuition. Being present to life means taking life into your center. When you are centered, you are relaxed and interested in creating a safe place for everyone in the experience, not just yourself. Being present to life means letting your center, your spiritual nature, move you instead of letting your fears or insecurities do it. Mm. So when you get connected to your intuition, you can allow, that will allow you if you let it, for your spiritual nature to lead you, guide you, guide your thoughts, guide your feelings, guide your words, guide your actions, guide your reactions. Instead of acting out the fear, instead of acting out the anger, instead of acting out the frustration. In other words, you're a conscious being instead of an unconscious being. You have an intent that you seek to be demonstrated instead of just being random. Because if you allow your emotions to guide you only, then you can become a random, irrational person. Most of the time when you're dealing with people that you might consider irrational, it's because you just don't ever know what's coming. They're random. You don't know what mood they'll be in when you're around them. You don't know what might jump out of their mouths. You don't know what they might do. And here's the thing about randomness. Randomness can be very good in the sense of creativity. The best creative people are random. And when I mean when I mean best creative, I mean best creative, not best people. The best creative types. In other words, they're not in the box, so they're allowed to play outside the box and they can grasp ideas and put them in combinations and create new things from nothing. But randomness also is frowned upon when we can't count on things being a certain way because we count on things being a certain way so the mind can put its, its energy on things that need to be done. So if you drove home and every time you drove home, um, your house is on a, on a different block. <laughs> you know, and I know that's kind of impossible. Picture somebody picking up your house and moving it consistently. You wouldn't be comfortable with that. If you came, um, you know, to work and it's, you know, it's always a high level of turnover and you don't know that if you're the next person, sometimes that can be challenging. You really have to be the eye of the storm in the midst of that. If it's a situation, a circumstance where, for instance, uh, people who are uh, have a person that has an alcohol or substance abuse issue, that creates randomness. So, in other words, you don't know if you're going to come home and money's missing, the TV's gone, there are people in your space, they are out and about putting themselves in danger, etc. You know, that could be a, a significant other, that can be a child, it can be a parent. What that does, though, is it takes away the security that allows the mind to focus on other things. 
So ram, randomness can be a great thing when it's positive and randomness can really disturb the soul if we allow it. And we make choices to allow ourselves to be around it if if um, we allow randomness to get negative and out of control. So when we get upset many times with random people who are not dependable, that are not reliable, that are creating situations and circumstances that that they want people to bail them out of. And of course, to get sympathy, because, you know, we love sympathy. We love sympathy. We'll create drama. I can remember um, talking to a, uh, a man one day and he said that you know, he's always acting up because it's the only time his wife pays attention to him. And it, it, and it really took me aback, you know, that, you know, that um, uh, that a person in this in this case, a man would do all type of crazy stuff just to, to get affection, just to get, you know, intimacy, just to get. You know, you know, sexual relation, things of that nature. And if not, he was just, okay, you good. I'm good. We're good. Let's go on. Let's raise these kids. Let's pay these bills. Let's do this, whatever. So people do what works. Even if it works, they get something, but they lose more to get what they want. Anyway. So be very present to life. And allow your spirituality to move you. I said a few episodes before that sometimes you make you're making the same choice and you're saying the same things, but the consciousness that you're in will determine the outcome. You know, just because you know a person who says that they love you and they don't don't will not have the same intention, the same feelings behind it. So it's a different experience. When a person tells you that they love you and you know they really love you, you know they're really with you, you know they really stand with you, it's a different experience. Just because a person says those words does not mean they love you. And what do they mean even by that, by the way? You know, that, that used to be one of the most challenging things that I had when I first started coming to church was all these people walking around telling me that they loved me. You know, oh, I love, oh, love you, man. Love you. This. I was like, oh, love what? Because that wasn't a concept because in my mind, you don't tell people that you love them unless you really mean it. But the, so I had to figure out, OK, there's like, you know, friendship type. I care about you. You mean a lot to me type things, et cetera, and really trying to process what that means. You know, it's still not something I necessarily have great ease with saying because of just the way that wasn't how I got down growing up. But it's just something that made me really get present to. Do I tell people I love them and I don't really mean it? And I knew the answer was no. I would never say that. So it's time for our second break. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Do you ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making... 
Heart-Centered Metaphysics, A Deeper Look at Unity Teachings is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck, author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart-Centered Metaphysics speaks to truth-seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm jumping to page 136 now and 137 because he tells a long story about um, him being in the and flying on the airplane and not paying attention to some of the things because he wasn't centered in the mistakes that it almost cost him. Literally, you know, you know, uh, leaving this physical plane of existence mistakes. So he says on the bottom of page 136, in the case of being present to life, you must be conscious of your purpose and the intention of God living through you. This is being connected to purpose, the power source. So when you are conscious and present, you also know that you are the purpose and intention of God living through you. Again, I always like to go back to that statement that uh, we use in the, in the Universal Foundation for Better Living. And those statements are on our web, Christ Universal Temple's website at www.cutemple.org under what we believe and also on the UFBL's uh, website, UFBL.org. The first one is, we believe that it is God's will that every individual on the face of this, of this earth should live a healthy, happy, and prosperous life. By affirming that, we're saying that God has an intent, God has a, a purpose, and that purpose is for us to live healthy, happy, and prosperous lives. Now, what does that look like? In, that looks like whatever you choose that to look like because the intent is for God's, God as good to express in our personal lives. Now, that looks different to different people based upon want, based upon um need and demand you know for because it's it's pure possibility and potentiality it'll look different in different ages in different eras and for different cultures based upon what's important to people 
you know, so let's be mindful of that. But the point of it is God is living in through and as me. There's not, I'm not in God or God isn't in me like a raisin is in raisin bread. God is in you like wood is in a wood podium. If you remove the wood, you don't have a podium. You can take a raisin out of raisin bread and still have a raisin and still have a bread and still have bread. But you can't remove the wood from a wood podium and still have a podium. So it's understanding that you are the very intention. You are the very purpose. You are the very life. You are the very power. You are the very substance. You are the very love. You are the very wisdom of God right here and right now, regardless of what is appearing right now. God, who you are in God has nothing to do with what you believe, but what you believe will determine what you experience. That's the rub. What I believe determines what I experience. Some people see opportunity everywhere. Some people see the ability to make money everywhere, and other people don't. No matter what, even when it's put in their face, even when it's right there, no matter what. You know, some people say, you know, hey, I'm going to be healthy no matter what. They don't have a gym membership. They'll walk around the block. They're doing push-ups and sit-ups and stretching in their bedroom. Why? Because... They want to be healthy. And they're, they know that, you know what, the circumstances don't matter. If I intend to be healthy, then health is available for me. You know, uh, one of the things that Reverend Ike, who was known as one of the primary teachers of prosperity in the United States in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, um, used to train his people, and it's, it, it seems like it's subtle. And when people hear, used to hear this story, they would, oh, you know, that's him just focusing on money. But I got his point because sometimes when people teach a high-level thought, people lose it in the midst of of their own belief systems, and they're trying to put new wine in the old wine skins. You don't have to agree with him. What I'm saying is understand the higher thought. He taught his people to never go past a bank, one, without acknowledging that as a bank. Why? Because there's money in there. Two, never go past a bank without noticing the interest rate or whatever that they were selling. In other words, you know, back then, banks were, you know, we'll give you this amount of money on your savings and this amount of money in your checking. It's lower now than it used to be back in the day. And what he was really trying to get people to become aware of is the activity of money. So pay attention to it when it's around. Now, if you do that enough, you will start to become money conscious. Now, you say, well, that's superficial and that's whatever. That's just your stuff. And that's fine. Keep it. I'm not trying to tell you to discard it. We just realize that's your stuff. And money is the this, that, and other, and all these scriptures and whatever. And that's what's really not important in life. Well, it might not be important in your life. Before, tell that to people who don't have money. Tell that to people who don't have access, seemingly, 
have access to the basic necessities to live. Developing that consciousness matters. When you don't have. So, it's sort of like uh, if I told you right now to look around, wherever you are, right now, look around and find anything in your immediate space that's blue. Just do it right now. And you start to look around your room, you start wherever you are, you look on your clothes, you look at your computer, your phone, you start looking at whatever it is, carpet, you start noticing Wow, look at all this blue stuff around me. I never noticed how many things had blue in it. And you can do that with any color. Now, was blue always present? Absolutely. How come you weren't really paying attention to blue? Because you had no reason to put your intent on it. Because your mind is filtering billions of bits of information per second. And it's only giving you what you have deemed important to your existence. Get that. It is filtering. So if if um like, you know, I don't know how to fix computers. I know how to surf on the internet, but the, the guy at Unity Village that makes sure this show works, he knows how to do computer stuff. So if he looked at something cold or if he looked at something, he was like, Oh, you gotta do is do this, do this, do that, and this and that and I'm looking like what, the, what I would look at him and say, What the heck are you talking about? That doesn't make sense to me. Because the information is available, but I haven't made myself privy to it to learn it so I can benefit from it. It's not a part of uh, it's not enough part of my awareness to where that will become a part of who I am. I'm not saying that I should do that. What I am saying is we don't many times become aware of what's in front of us or what's available to us because our attention is on other things. So if I'm being defensive, if I'm being um, resistant if I'm fighting in life I'm not noticing the opportunities that's possible for me because I'm looking I'm butting heads with brown and blue is all around me I'm fighting why is there so much brown in here when blue is all around me when yellow is all around me when red is all around me when green is all around me when black is all around me when white is all around me We're getting defensive about one thing and we're missing the opportunities of life that are all around. We cut off those opportunities because we're putting our attention on what we don't want. That's defensiveness. That's why we have to learn to become non-resistant so we can stop and, and, and ask ourselves, okay, what is it that I really want? I want more blue, so let me stop fighting brown. So the book goes on to say, you must be also connected to your experience. Page 137, you must also be connected to your experience like the wires connected to the light. The switch in between is your willingness to be present to the situation. It is either on or off. Any resistance to the situation determines how much current will flow to the situation, just as resistance in an electrical circuit diminishes the brightness of light. So to a certain extent, consciousness is like a transmitter. How much current are you allowing? So, so for instance, on your TV or your phone or radio, you have, they all have the ability to have uh, no volume 
all the way up to whatever the capacity of that device is. But here's the thing. If it was just on, it would be full blast. What the volume control allows you to do is have the amount of volume you desire. But what if you forgot how to do that and it was always too low and you were struggling to hear, struggling to communicate, struggling to uh, understand, and you forgot that you could control the volume? Well, that's how life works. We've forgotten that we control the volume, the volume of prosperity, the volume of health, the volume of peace, the volume of wisdom, the volume of love, the volume the volume, the volume of God working in and through us. We've forgotten that we control the volume. So we need to turn it up as far as we understand it could go. So we can clearly hear, so we can clearly demonstrate, so we can clearly manifest the goodness of God in our space and be non-resistant to it. Non-resistant to the volume being raised. Non-resistant to the changes that need to happen so our space can be improved. Non-resistant to the transformation of our own soul. Non-resistant to, it's maybe some things about money that I'm not doing right or I don't understand and that's the reason why I don't have it the way I want to have it. Non-resistant to the concept that maybe it's some things I need to understand and learn about relationships. Maybe that's the reason why I haven't been in any of that work. Non-resistant to maybe if I'm going job to job and I'm always complaining about the people at the job, maybe the issue isn't just the people. Maybe really the common denominator is me. And I need to learn some things and, and develop some habits and some skills that allow me to navigate in situations and circumstances and transform them. That's the process. So let's stay present to what we need to do. And... uh We'll go from there. So we're running out of time now. We're coming up to the end. So keep reading the book. Make sure you do the aware questions at the end of the chapter. Again, I want to remind you that on November 18th that the author of the book, Dr. Gary Simmons, will be on the show as my guest. So don't forget that. God bless you, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. At Metaphysical Romp 2, we demystify metaphysics to help you live life at a deeper level. One of our key principles is the recognition that you always have the power to choose how you respond to any situation. Instead of asking, why did this happen to me? A better practice, which aligns with the metaphysical principles we share, is to ask yourself the question, how can I use this for good? We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 with co-hosts Rev. Paul Hasselbeck, Rev. Bill Holton, and Rev. Cher Holton. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio.
Inspiration only takes a moment. Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard shares this from his book, Good Questions. We are here to learn, grow, experience, savor, exalt, cherish, create, and to use our connection with that mind to make safe decisions. We are here to share, to be fruitful, and to multiply the good over and over again. Centering on the divine within, we become still and realize that whatever happens, we are still one with God. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Reverend Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.